back to another episode of the Provocative Podcast. Jazzy here. So we just started posting the entire videos on YouTube. So if you guys are watching from YouTube, hi, you guys can see what I look like. I'm really excited for it to be on YouTube. I had wanted it originally on YouTube, but for some reason I was just kind of like delaying it. But now it's going to be fully on YouTube. So if you guys want to actually watch the episodes, you can. Um, and see what I look like. Um, but I just wanted to say hi to everyone who's new here, who hasn't been with us from day one. Um, if you're a new listener, hi, welcome. I'm Jazzy or Jasmine Pineda. Um, and yeah, so this is the Provocative Podcast. I named it Provocative because I wanted something that uh, represented me a little bit. And the main reason I chose the word provocative is because I wanted my podcast to provoke thought and to just kind of challenge your way of thinking. If you listen to my podcast so far, you guys know that I am not very traditional with my thoughts. So I like to just kind of, you know, put my thoughts out there, my opinions out there, and I want you to question yours. It, you don't have to necessarily agree with what I believe in, but at least makes you think about what your beliefs are. So that's the reason I named the podcast, the provocative Co podcast. So just in case you're wondering if you're new to, um, the podcast. Anyways, um, I always like to do a little bit of an intro about my life, what's been going on. Um, nothing crazy has happened, I don't think, since the last time I recorded the episode. The only update I got, I have for you guys is um, my book read. I actually did start reading the new book, which is Behind Closed Doors. Uh, so far, I'm on like page 80. I like it, but it's a little bit triggering. I told Chris this yesterday, like I there is going to be obviously some sort of abuse there, like mental or physical. I'm not at the part yet, but it makes me really hate the, the male character in here because of the way that he acts. And I don't know, it just brought up a lot of feelings while I was reading it yesterday. And obviously I'm going to continue reading it because it's part of the book club. But I don't know, it made me feel some type of way. Um, so if you've read this book and you want to DM me, send me a DM if you felt the same way, maybe we can talk about it. But yeah, the book is Behind Closed Doors. You guys are more than welcome to join in with me on my book reads. And then um, I did, wasn't going to state this, but we did actually watch that new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie on Netflix. <laughs> it was cringy. Like it was okay. I think it wasn't a good horror movie, but it was like a good time waster. I think it's just like another, you know, kind of rerun remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it wasn't anything amazing. Like it's not like the conjuring and all those like really good movies, scary movies, but it was a good time waster. I like scary movies. I can't sleep at night when I watch them, but I like, I really do enjoy scary movies. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, you, you can watch it if you have some time to watch it. If not, then it's like, you guys aren't missing out much. Um, and then, yeah. So tomorrow, last thing I'm catching you guys up tomorrow, I leave for LA, uh, for my initiation shoot for dark sport, which is a company I work for. Um, and I'm just really, really excited nervous and excited about it. Um, I get to, you know, spend time with a lot of new people. Um, and it's, it's a little frightening guys, you know, sometimes, you know, I can portray like I'm very confident and, you know, I'm in front of the camera a lot, but you know, I still get nervous when it comes to meeting new people and what are they going to think of me? And am I going to make friends? And like, it's a whole different thing. So I'm excited to be in LA. Chris won't be joining me. So that's a little bummer. Um, but I'm excited to just go and, and get this experience with the team and come back and talk to you guys all about it. So wish me luck, send me prayers, send me, send me all the good vibes. Cause I'll need it. Um, 
Okay, guys, so that's it for our intro. So for today's episode, I asked you guys some questions on Instagram of like, what are some current things that you guys are struggling with? Because I wanted to put it on the podcast because I know we all struggle with very, very similar things. And I know that at least half of you guys are struggling with more than half of you guys are struggling with at least one of these things. So I have a few of those. And then I have some stories on my phone that I'm going to pull up because these girls messaged me and wanted me to give them my opinion on some sort of situation that they're in. So first, um, the first one that I put down is actually something, um, that we talked about in the last episode. Um, if you guys watched it, it was where I asked the guys questions. Um, and one of them being is, do you masturbate? Right. And we kind of talked about like sex drives there a little bit, but the number one question that I got was how to deal with different sex drives. And I got this from multiple people. Um, I got one from, a woman that she's like, you know, I'm in my thirties, I have two kids and I just feel like my sex drive with my husband is not matching. I had younger girls reach out. So I feel like this is the number one topic, um, that, you know, I got to, I wanted to put it first. So from personal experience, like I told you guys on the last episode, Chris and I, I'm a Virgo, he's a Scorpio. We have both very high sex drives, but it also depends on the mood. Sometimes, you know, and our hormones. Sometimes my sex drive is really high and his is really low or his is extremely extremely high and mine is really low. And so when things like that happen, the best thing that you guys can do is just talk about it with your significant other. If you're having a high sex drive and he's not, just talk to him and be like, hey, baby, like I really want to have sex. Let's have some sex and see if he's in the mood. Get him in the mood. Put on some lingerie. And more than likely, that'll kind of get him in the mood. And if your sex drive is just not up to part of his, just kind of talk to him and be like, hey, and it's what ha- it's happened to me. Like I've I've told Chris like, Hey, I love you. I want to cuddle with you, but I really don't want it to lead anywhere. Like I'm like sex drive is kind of low right now. I don't know if I'm going through something, but you know, I just don't really feel like having sex and he'll be very understanding and, and it's better to communicate with him what I'm feeling versus just kind of like being distant because that can kind of create more issues. So kind of if you're going through that, if that's the position that you're in where your sex drive as a female is lower than the guys, just talk to them about it. And you know, be open and honest about it. Be like, Hey, I really don't want to have sex right now, but also understand that you want to make your part. You want to please your partner, right? Like you want to please yourself, but you also want to please your partner. So instead of just always being selfish because you're not in the mood, sometimes ladies, we're going to have to sacrifice and do some stuff for the men. Like sometimes I know that I really am, do not want to have sex, but it's been a few days since we haven't had sex and not that I owe Chris anything. You don't owe your significant other anything, but if he, if I know that he's horny and that he's been wanting to have sex with me for a few days and I haven't, you know, had sex with him, it's probably my job. It's probably my turn to, do something, you know, whether that be oral, whether that be a hand job, whether whatever it may be, like I have to kind of not be selfish and just think about my feelings and think about his, like he's horny. Like I may not want to have sex, but let me please my husband. Let me do some, let me take care of him. Right. So it's happened that way before where I'll end up just giving him a blow job. And then nine times out of 10 ladies, you'll end up being turned on and you're like, okay, I'm going to jump on the dick now. So just being open and honest with your significant other, and then kind of really, Realizing that, 
you know, he is your partner. You do want to satisfy him. So it's not just about you sometimes. And I hate to say that because I don't want you guys to think like, well, it's my body and I can do whatever I want with it. And he has no control over it. By all means, that is not what I'm trying to say. It's more of kind of like showing your affection towards him. Like, yeah, you haven't been in the best sex mood, but you know, your husband is. So how about you treat him? Right. So it's more of treating him like and in, in, in a respective manner. I hope that makes sense to you guys. So um, I had that as number one. And I, I mean, we all struggle with it, guys. We all struggle with it. And that's why when I, I asked the guys, do you guys masturbate? Chris even said, like, yeah, I do. We have sex a lot. And the fact that sometimes he still feel needs to he still feels the need to masturbate. I kind of took me like a step back. I was like, wait, what? Like, how do you? how do you still feel the need to masturbate when we have sex a lot? He's like, babe, sometimes like, he's like, it's not all the time. It's not every month. It, it may be every one to four months or whatever it may be. He's like, but sometimes my sex drives are just, my sex drive is so high and I know that you're not feeling it and I don't want to make you do anything. Like, I'll just go to the bathroom and masturbate real quick while you're like getting your nails done or whatever. And, you know, I'm glad that he was open and honest with me about it because now I like, I make more of a, a little bit of an effort, but then now I'm like, okay, hey babe, like, I don't really want to have sex. If you feel like your sex drive is really high, go masturbate. And I'll ask him like, I'll ask him like how his sex drive is and we'll talk about it and stuff like that. But the most important thing guys with any kind of relationship, especially with sex is being communicating with your partner, right? Because that's the only way that you guys are going to be able to work things out. And the only way that that person is going to be able to understand what you're going through. So talk to your partner. All right. Next one, um, I always get questions on this and it was how to get motivated to do anything, how to get motivated to work out, how to get motivated to do anything. This person just said how to get motivated to do anything. Guys, there is no such thing as motivation, like no such thing. What we sometimes call motivation is that little in-between time of when you start a project and you're in the middle and you're in your zone and you feel quote unquote motivated, right? Because you're in the zone, you got your routine down, you're every day, you're killing it. But that's not really motivation. That's your discipline that's gotten you there. And now you've built a routine, right? And your routine feels so good that you want to continue to do your routine. So there's no one wakes up and feels motivated to do things. Um, it's more about the discipline and the discipline doesn't come unless you have a goal that you really want to accomplish. Sometimes you'll say, oh, I really want to do this, but do you really want to do it? Like uh, you have to sit there and ask yourself, like, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to accomplish this weight loss? Do you really want to do marathons? Do you really want to do this? Because if you don't really want to do it, you're not going to get anything done. You're going to keep delaying and you're going to keep delaying. It's until you get fed up. And that's what happens with me. It's until I get fed up or I'm like, I really want to make this change. I have to make this change where I start getting more disciplined. And I like make sure that I don't, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it no matter how shitty I feel. Like even today I got my period three, four days late. I think it was because of the stress and the last thing I fucking wanted to do today was go run. Like I did not want to go run. Like I was like, I really, 
oh, I'm on my period. It'll be fine. Like, I really don't have to. Like, I still, I look good. I don't really need to go run. But I was like, no, I have my shoot tomorrow. I know that in the back of my head, it's going to kill me if I don't go and do some sort of cardio. So I'm going I'm to go run. And I even left the house and I told Chris, I was like, I'll be back in five minutes. I'm not, I, I don't really think I'm going to run. And I ended up, my goal was for 20 minutes. I ended up running for 30 minutes, guys. So sometimes it's just you keeping your word and going and then just being in that moment, you'll feel so much better doing what you said you were going to do and accomplish. So it's not about motivation. It's about how bad do you want to get ahead in life? How bad do you want to lose those 10 pounds? How bad do you want to make money? How bad do you want to work on your relationship? Like it's, it's honestly the want is, it has to be the need and the want has to be more than anything, because if you really don't want to accomplish anything, you're not going to. So discipline is key and actually sticking to what you say you're going to do is key to find quote unquote motivation because it's going to get you in that routine that everyone talks about. Like the routine is the motivation. Like that's when you feel motivated, right? You're on your routine, but it's important to build that routine and it's not going to happen from one day to another. It's going to take some time. So build on that. Give yourself a week or two to build that routine and then everything will come a lot easier. So that's my tip on how to stay how to stay motivated and get motivation in anything in life. All right. Anxiety. This is a big one. Um, especially the, like when I was reading all the, 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 <laughs> I can't find the word, the, uh, the things you guys were sending. I'm like, I had like a brain fart. All, uh, the inputs you guys were sending on my DMS. It was a lot about anxiety and, more so not like day-to-day anxiety, but social anxiety. And guys, I have anxiety. I've always had anxiety, but I will say that with COVID, my anxiety has gotten a little worse when it comes to social events, just because I feel like we were in lockdown for such a long time. And I... I know a lot of people would rather stay home now because of it. They don't want to go out. And me included, like I rather stay home than go out. And sometimes I feel more, and it also just depends on how I'm feeling. Some, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm up to go out. And some days I'm just like, I really don't want to go. Like I really don't want to go. And I force myself to go just because I know that I'll end up feeling better once I go, because if you just stay home all the time, your anxiety is going to keep building and building and building. You need to get out there. And the more you get out there, the more you'll start to feel more comfortable about, you know, being out there and making friends and making connections and having conversations. Um, and, but yeah, guys, it's, it's been a big struggle for many of us when it comes to social anxiety, like with COVID, we were locked down. We weren't supposed to talk to anyone. It was like, if you're living with a significant other, it was like you and your significant other. And I feel like for me personally too, it's taken a toll on like, I feel like I have to, be with Chris. Like when I, I have like, like separation anxiety. Like when I'm, when I separate with him, uh, with like without him, like if I go on a trip or whatever after COVID, I feel so like anxious. I'm like, I don't, I don't like, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, I've never been that way. And because we've been locked up together and been together for so long that now, like anytime I travel without him, I'm like, oh shit. Like I'm, I feel like a panic attack is, is 
coming where I have to remind myself like, no, you're fine. You need to do this on your own. You'll be okay on your own. You were okay before you are continue to be okay. And I kind of like talk myself through it and I end up feeling better. But if I have any advice for you guys, if you're feeling any kind of social anxiety is take baby steps. You don't always have to say yes to every event that you're invited to. But even when you feel like you don't want to go put yourself there because you'll end up feeling better if you go out than if you stay in. And if you don't end up having a good time, you can always come back home. Like I always tell Chris, like when we're feeling like we don't really want to go somewhere and we'll be like, okay, let's just go, let's show face. Let's go for an hour. And most of the time we'll end up being there for more than an hour. We'll end up having a good time. The conversation is good. And then we'll come home. But There has been times where we just don't really vibe with the people there and we end up coming home. We show face, we come home. At least we made the effort to go out, right? So just make the effort, get dolled up, do whatever you need to do to get out of the house and face that anxiety. And honestly, nine times out of 10, you'll end up feeling better. And if you didn't, you can just come back home and try it a different day. But I want to say that you guys are not alone if you are suffering with it because I had been dealing with it too it's gotten better because i've said yes to a lot of things like i've said yes to a lot of my girl uh dinners and stuff because i'm like i know i really don't want to go but i need to go because i need to put myself out there and i need to conversate more and just interact with more people that are not just chris alone so interact with more people it'll definitely help all right um this one was this one's a little bit gonna touch on the personal side of things guys too so i had a girl right in that she feels like she is outgrowing friends that her friends um are partying and she's just not in that life anymore and guys outgrowing friends and outgrowing people is a part of life um it's just it's gonna happen at some point unless your friend it, it happens with relationships so imagine with friendships like at some point if that your friendships aren't growing alongside with you you guys are gonna grow apart And you're going to feel like you're outgrowing that person. And it's not a bad thing. If this has happened to you, if you feel like if someone has said, like, I feel like I've outgrown you or I feel like, you know, we don't have the same goals in life. Don't feel bad. Like sometimes that person just has to choose their own path and you have to choose your own path. And maybe that's a reality check where you ask yourself, okay, like, am I complacent in my life like do I need to work a little harder and if you do then do it for yourself don't do it because you're scared to lose the other person do it for yourself but sometimes guys people just outgrow other people and sometimes it's just time to let go of people and personally that's literally just happened to one of our friends in our life like we just parted ways and it's it sucks because We've been friends for so long, but it happens. Like people grow up, people's goals change. Um, you know, some people want a family, want to do things differently, and that's okay. But it may not align with your goals, and that's why sometimes, you know, it's time to to split ways. And you will know when it's time to outgrow people because, in my personal experience with our friend that we've separated ways with, it felt easy to let them go right sometimes you can be blindsided if the person like tells you like oh I've outgrown you you're like what the hell and like you kind of 
you know, are really upset because it came as a shock, but sometimes you can just feel it. It's a feeling. And I feel like, you know, we had that feeling with this person. We knew it was coming. We didn't know when it was going to come, but we knew it was coming. And did it suck? Yeah, but it really didn't hurt as much as when you know, you just know, and it won't hurt as much as you think it's going to hurt. You'll just be like, damn, like it sucks, but it's time to move on. Right. And it, it just happens guys. It's part of life. You can't always remain friends with the same people your whole life, but what you can do is just enjoy the friends that you do have now. Enjoy those moments. And if you lost friends, you can think about the past and how happy you guys were together and all the good memories you guys had. It was a part of your life, but now it's time to, to make new friends and to make, you know, new life memories and people will come and people will go guys. It's just part of life. So don't feel guilty. If you feel like you are outgrowing friends, especially like this for the person that wrote in because they're parting and you're not, don't ever feel bad about that. You have different goals, work on your goals, make friends that are aligned with your goals. That is so important when you're growing up is focusing on friends that have similar goals as you so that you guys can grow together because it does suck when you feel like your friends are holding you back and you don't want that because you don't want to have any type of resentment towards your friends and you don't want to feel any kind before you get any kind of negative feeling towards your friends it's time to let them go if you feel that certain way so yeah guys i we've had this happen several times it just happened to us last week and like I said, it's just part of life and you got to accept it and move on. So, um, yeah, next one is body dysmorphia, how to deal with body dysmorphia. Have I dealt with body dysmorphia? And I have, especially when, um, you compete and then you are done competing, you can definitely struggle with a lot of body dysmorphia. And I think, I don't think I know, especially like even today I saw somebody's post and I was like, no, no, like I can't, like, I think body dysmorphia for me is the number one reason that I don't compete anymore. I just, I can't imagine putting myself through that again. Like thankfully after my last competition, I didn't binge. I didn't like gain a ton of weight, but I did gain weight. And like that seriously causes some fucked up shit in your head. Like being like, I was probably like six, 7% body fat to, you know, being normal. You just don't see normal the same way. So it's really hard. And I've struggled with body dysmorphia. And to this day, sometimes I still do. But when um, it's gotten better, to be honest, I don't really look at myself in the mirror and think I'm ugly as much as I used to. I really like have established such a good lifestyle in my life that I love the way that I look. Do I get bloated? Yes, am I bloated during my period? Extremely. Do I get bloated at night? Yes. But do I look at myself in the mirror at night? Hell no. Why would I do that? Like, don't, don't do things that are going to trigger you. Like I love the way that I look in the mornings. I love the way that I look at lunchtime, but I know after dinner, if I get home and I look at myself in the mirror and pick myself apart, I'm going to hate myself. So why do that? Like, why am I going to do that to myself when it's part of the human body to look more bloated at the end of the day. You've had food, you've had a lot of water, like it's just part of it. So I thankfully don't deal with a lot of body dysmorphia anymore. Like, yeah, sometimes I can be like, oh, I'm not as lean. Or if I compare myself to someone else who's leaner, like I think everybody does that, but I don't ever, I haven't 
like an over a year picked myself apart in the mirror. And I'm so thankful for that. And I think it's because I've established such a good routine. I have my workout routine, my cardio routine, my lifestyle is my healthy, my health lifestyle is so well balanced. Like I eat really good food and I like eat when I want to, I stop when I'm full and it's just, I've established such a good routine. So if you're suffering from body dysmorphia, establish Number one thing is establish a good routine, a good routine. I'm not saying you have to do hours of cardio and work out every day and eat chicken and broccoli. No, just establish a good routine, a routine that you can fit into your life. Work out maybe three, four days a week. Maybe instead of running, go for walks outside so that you can get some vitamin D and you can enjoy the like environment. You don't realize how much the environment takes a toll on, on your mental health. Sometimes guys, I love going outside when it's sunny. I love it. I try to do it as much as I can go outside, eat healthy foods, eat foods that make you feel good internally. And that will help you. And that'll actually change not only the way that you look, but the way that you feel. And as far as like body dysmorphia, stop weighing yourself, start, stop constantly comparing yourself to other people. If there's someone on social media, that's causing you to you know have body dysmorphia unfollow them I know for me like after prep I was dealing with body dysmorphia and I was following these this girl that um she looks incredible she's naturally curvy she has fat in all the right places and her glutes were big her hips were big her her waist was small and she was so beautiful but she was causing me stress every single day every day that I saw her post I constantly got in a pissy mood. So I was like, I can't continue doing that to myself. So I unfollowed her. Not that I had anything against her because she looked beautiful, but I couldn't, couldn't do that to myself anymore. I had to say, stop, this is enough. I don't want to do this anymore to myself. And it made me feel so much better, made me feel so much better. And like I said, I didn't weigh myself. I stopped looking at myself in the mirror and picked myself apart. Like I, there was like months where I didn't look at myself in the mirror. Like when I got ready, I did when I was doing my makeup and stuff, but like not naked until I felt comfortable. And sometimes that's just part of it. Like I know there's, there's some motivational speakers out there. They're like, look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful. Like if you don't feel it, it's not going to come out, but don't, the the least thing that you can do is don't look at yourself in the mirror naked and, and pick yourself apart. So what I did, and I literally just watched a girl's story who says that she does the same thing. She, she doesn't look at herself in the mirror when she's having a bad day, like her body naked. Why? Why are you going to pick yourself apart when sometimes it's just a momentary feeling that you have? So, you know, don't do it. Don't do it. At, like I said, I don't do it at night. I don't look at myself in the mirror at night when I'm about to jump in the shower because I know that I'm just going to get triggered and I'm going to be mad for what? Why am I going to do that to myself? So, that's like key for me when you're, if you're dealing with body dysmorphia is stop comparing yourself to others and stop looking at yourself in the mirror and picking yourself apart. Establish a good routine so that eventually with time, you'll start to feel better. And one day you're going to look at yourself in the mirror. And I say like one day, not like in a year, like in a month, you'll look at yourself in the mirror and you're going to be like, oh shit, like I look good and I feel good. And it'll just come naturally guys. It'll just come naturally. But establishing that good, healthy routine is so, so important for every aspect of your life. Um, so hope that helps if you're dealing with body dysmorphia. Okay. Next one, being patient with results. And this is like results with family, with work, with relationships, with gym, we were actually just talking about this. Like 
I think every every human is impatient at some point in their life, right? We we we're human, right? We're going to be impatient with our goals, and um, it's hard when we're in it to see how far we've come. I deal with this. I struggle with it. Sometimes I can get really frustrated and be like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm, I haven't really gotten far. And then I'm like, I'll talk about it with Chris and I'll be like, okay, calm the fuck down. Where were you five months ago? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I see where you're, you know, I wasn't where I'm at right now. Exactly. So he's like, you know, you just have to, it's baby steps. You're not going to be from A to Z in a year. Like it's going to take time. Some people, it does happen, but not for everyone. It takes time to see any kind of result, whether that be gym work related for me, it's more work related than actual gym because with gym, I know that I have to be very, very patient to see results, but that goes with everything in life guys especially like with social media we are we see the end results for a lot of people for a lot of people people nowadays you know and chris and i were just talking about it why do people feel the need to post their cars and all the money they make and all this stuff and it's because other people demand to see it or you're not successful or you're not yeah, like you're not successful. So you have to like post these certain things to measure so people can see how successful you are. And so you're seeing this and you're like, oh fuck, look how successful they are. They drive this, they have this, look at, they they live this kind of lifestyle, but you don't really focus on how much or how far they've come to be to where they are, how much work they've put in to be at that place, guys. It takes years and time, but with social media, you don't see it. You see the day to day and it goes, it says the same thing with fitness. Sometimes you see these girls who are super shredded, but you don't realize that it's, they've had a roller coaster of years of shredding and bulking and gaining weight and depression and all these things to be where they're at today you know, and they don't talk about it every day because you're not going to bore your, your audience with the same kind of talk every single day, but they've gone through hell and back to be where they're at. And you got to have to, you have to realize that you have to realize that what you see on social media is the end product. It's not what they woke up and got that day, right? It, it takes time. And that, you know, even with me, I was just talking about it with the, with the podcast. I'm so excited for the future of this podcast. And I know that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done and is going to need to be done. And it's not gonna, my dream for this podcast is not going to happen in one year. It's going to take time. And I, I, I accept that. And I know that. And I, I feel like when you accept that those things are your, your goals are going to take time. You can fully enjoy the process and you can live in the moment and realize like, Hey, I'm not where I need to be, but I'll be there. I just have to be, I just have to keep working every single day. Um, but we all guys, it's normal to become impatient with our goals. It happens, but you just have to take a step back and realize like, okay, I'm way farther than I was three, four months ago. And if you're not, then that's just a reality check for you. Cause sometimes I know it's happened to me in the past where I'm like, I don't, I'm not where I need to be. And it's like, well, duh. Like I'll look back and I'm like, you set this goal three months ago and you haven't even made any progress with it. So now it's a reality check where it's like, okay, shit, you said you wanted to accomplish this goal. Now it's time to work for it because it's not going to be handed to you. Nothing in this life is going to be handed to you. No one and no, no one owes you anything. Life doesn't owe you jack shit, guys. Everything comes to you because of the work that you put in it and because you manifest it. If you don't believe in manifesting, that's on you. I believe in hard work and manifesting your dreams and your goals, but no, 
nothing is just going to fucking be handed to you. No one is going to knock on your door and be like, here, here's $10 million or here's your dream job or here's this. It's not going to happen that way. It's not. You need to work for it. And becoming impatient and negative and not working towards it is not going to get you ahead. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's you're going to be stagnant until you realize like, shit, I have to really put in the work to get something out of my life. Right? So impatience is normal. The important thing is that you keep working, you stay consistent and you keep, you know, working out whatever goal that you want to work at. Cause I promise you a year down the road from now, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, damn, um, where I need to be. And, you know, some things take a little bit longer, but some things come a lot faster, but that's with anything in life. And as long as you realize that it's going to take work and patience, you'll get every goal that you put hard work into. So everyone deals with it, guys. I deal with it myself, but the older I've gotten, the more I have accepted that it's a process, the more happier I've been with my process. So, okay. Last one before I share some of the ones on my phone and This one is letting go of past trauma. One of you guys was like, I'm living in my true self right now and letting go of past trauma can can be hard. And guys, as you know, personally, I feel like everyone, we all have past trauma that we deal with. Um, Family, relationships, like we all do. And I feel like it's always gonna be part of your life and it's always gonna be a work in progress. Like, I have my own trauma and I've worked on it by myself. Do I think that I could use therapy? Yes. Um, Is there a reason I haven't gotten a therapy personally? Uh, Yeah, I have my own little, you know, demons that I work like are in my head. And I sometimes feel like if I go to therapy, they're not going to understand what I'm going through. And um, I think that's just me talking myself down, but the more I surface up my trauma, the more I realize that I really do need help from another person because you can only handle so much. And that's that I'm, am, I'm an activist. Like what I mean by that is if I have an issue, I will solve it on my own. If I'm sick, I'll do everything I fucking can to get better. I'll take the vitamin C, I'll make the teas, I'll make the soups, I'll do everything I can to make myself better. If I'm dealing with something, I'll do everything I can, read upon it, whatever I can to help myself with it. When I was dealing with my IC, I did all the fucking research that I could to help my IC, took all the celery juice, bought all the vitamins that they recommended, watched like hours of YouTube videos to help myself. But with therapy, it's a little bit hard. Like it's, it's, it's scary to, do you know, want to put another person in your life, but you can only read so much on your issue without being biased on your issue. Right. So sometimes you need to ask for help and get that therapy because I think past traumas will always be a part of your life. Um, you know, I have past trauma with Chris. I have past trauma with my parents, my, and, and I deal with it. You know, I've had to deal with it. And sometimes I can go months without thinking about it. And then one thing will come back up and it'll trigger me. And it's, you know, I think it'll always be a part of my life, but do I think that I could handle things a little bit differently and better for my mental health? Yes. And, um, that's just me accepting that I need help from a therapist. And maybe that's you accepting that you've done enough for yourself and maybe it's time to get help from somebody else. But you know, guys, we all deal with past trauma and we all deal with, 
shit that happened to us in our past, but it's how we respond to it now and how we deal with it now that makes us a better person. And, you know, if you've done all you can to help yourself, maybe it's time to take the next step and get some help and seek a therapist. And if you haven't done what you can to help yourself, do it. Do what you can to help yourself. Stop staying in the victim mentality and stop self-sabotaging your life because it's only going to get worse, guys. You're not going to get ahead anywhere by just not dealing with the issues that you need to deal with. Read the books that you feel like you need to read. Listen to the podcasts that you feel like are going to help you. Do the things that you feel like are going to help you deal with that trauma. And then if you feel like, hey, I've done enough, but for some reason I'm still dealing with this and I don't know how to handle it, maybe it's time to seek help. But um, yeah, guys, I actually wanted to go back on the anxiety because I remembered um, that this person said that she was scared to take meds and it kind of goes back to therapy. Um, she was scared about going outside and social and, and she feels like she might need meds, but she's scared of taking meds. I felt the same way, guys. I fe- felt like I, you know, was scared of taking meds and everyone has their own experience with meds. I feel like you should definitely talk to a therapist if you're considering meds. Um, I've taken Xanax before for my anxiety and I hated the way that I felt. I would rather deal with my anxiety in a healthy way for myself, like putting myself out there step-by-step, maybe going out with Chris first and then going out without him, kind of like baby steps, like I mentioned before, then taking meds because I feel like when I was taking Xanax, I was a fucking zombie. Like I don't like that feeling at all. I don't like the numb feeling. You know, a lot of people who are addicted to drugs, that's the feeling that they crave, the numbness. I hate that feeling. That feeling scares me. It terrifies me. I you know, take, uh, stuff to help me sleep at times at night sometimes, but that's different than feeling numb all the time. And so I know that taking meds can be scary. So if that's something that you don't want to do and you don't feel like you need to do it, then don't do it. But talk to a therapist. If it's something that you really do feel like you want to consider in your life, because meds is not something that is a joke. Um, it really can affect you. And, um, Yeah, I personally, I deal with anxiety and I don't take any meds for it. And, you know, I don't have any other underlying issue besides, you know, depression here and there. But if I ever felt the need to be on meds, um, Chris and I have talked about it before. We will talk about it again if I really do feel the need to be on it. And talking to someone who's, you know, a part of your daily life and sees how you are can have an input in, you know, you know, how you if you should take meds or not. Right. So. Um, talk to someone and talk to a healthcare provider about, you know, taking meds because it's, it it is something serious. So those are like the main ones that I got guys. Um, I hope that I helped you guys with the inputs that I have and how I've dealt with those things in my past. I do have three little stories, um, for you girl, for you girls. And I read it a little bit, so I don't have a direct answer like on the spot. So we'll see what my mind, my mind comes out with. So all right. I'm not, this is, these are going to be anonymous. So this one says, this is a response to your story about what I've struggled with and you've, and that you'll give your input on the podcast. Okay. What I love to hear you talk about more is because I've talked to, because I know you've talked about it in the past is dealing with friends, girls more specifically. I have my best friend of eight years that recently got engaged and she was talking about who was going to be her maid of honor. And I'm not going to lie. I really thought it was going to be me because that's my person. We did everything together. When 
I heard about who it was going to be. It caught me off guard because she's talked negatively. She's talked negatively down and bad about that person a lot. So I was shocked that she was making that person essentially her person for her big day. It's just made me question our friendship of whether or not my best friend has talked about me the way she's talked about that person. You know, she has talked bad about some of, of her other friends and thinking about it all now is a red flag. So I've been keeping my distance since I put two and two together. Um, so I would love your input. What do you think? <sighs> Cruel relationships are hard, guys. I think that, um, you know, I think some friends will talk about other friends. And personally, with my girlfriends, we don't talk about other friends in a negative way. Like if I feel like, for instance, I'm talking to Aureli, that's one of my friends, and and Brenda did something I'll ask her like, hey, like, what did you think about Brenda doing this? And we'll talk about it, but we don't ever. And this is just an example. We would never talk bad about Brenda or about her character. Does that make sense? Like, I don't talk bad about my friends. I just don't. I feel like where I'm at in my life, if you're my life and you're my friend, it's because I want you there and there's no reason to talk bad about you. If I don't like something about you, I would rather just tell you in in your face. If you do something to hurt me, I'll just tell you in your face. Like, I just... I won't, I'll get my friends input sometimes like, Hey, like I'm feeling this way about so-and-so should I talk to her about it? Or am I over exaggerating this one little thing? And, and they'll either be like, no, I honestly, Jasmine, I think you're exaggerating. I don't think it was like that. Or they'll be like, yeah, you should probably talk to her about it. And then it'll be done. We won't go into detail. We won't talk shit about that person because there's no need as far as like maid of honor goes like this situation. I feel like I would have been hurt too. If you know that that's your person, but coming from, you know, I haven't had my wedding yet. I want to have my wedding someday. And I have like five people in mind from a maid of honor that I love to death. And they all play such a huge part in my life. And I know they probably all feel that they pay that they do play a huge part in my life. So it would be hard to choose one. And maybe it would be just like who in my head I think would be the more most organized for my maid of honor, you know, like who would take on the role of maid of honor duties better, right? I'm not going to put it on someone who I feel like wouldn't be able to handle the pressure or be organized because at the end of the day, I want someone who's going to make me feel comfortable, right? All my friends have handled things very differently. So if I'm going to choose a maid of honor, it's going to be the one that I feel like can handle the pressure and can throw can help me on my big day. And I don't have to stress about anything. Right. But the fact that she talked like, crap about this person like it, it is a little questionable like why are you why are you talking crap about this person and now she's your maid of honor it just doesn't make sense and it is a red flag because if this person is her maid of honor and she talks so much crap about her like chances are her girl she talked shit about you too because I want to say that I would not talk shit about my, my maid of honor, unless it's like the person I was going to choose my maid of honor, unless she really did something to piss me off. And the only person that I would talk shit to about would be to Chris. Like if she did something to piss me off, but to talk badly about your friends, guys, that's a red flag. Like I just can't do people who talk shit about their friends. Like if you're going to be friends with that person and you're going to come to me and talk shit about them, no, I will never trust you with a single thing in my life. I will, you'll be my quote unquote friend, but there will be a wall there. And what I share with you will be very, very less than what I share with my real friends, because I just can't trust people who talk shit about other people, like uh, not other people, friends, right? Because 
People talk about other people all the time, but friends necessarily. So, um, I don't know as maybe talk to her about it. Ask her why she chose the other girl as her maid of honor. Just ask her like, Hey, like, I just want to know why you chose her as your maid of honor and see what she responds. She gives you. Cause I think, you know, you owe it to yourself to know the explanation. And then if you don't really like her response and you already do see the red flags then yeah, maybe it's time for you to distance yourself from that friend a little bit. doesn't mean you have to cut off all ties, but now you have, you know where you stand with those people, right? Sometimes it's a learning lesson. Sometimes, you know, it's kind of like a reality check where damn, I'm not where I thought I was. Now I got to put a little bit of a wall up and I'm not going to put you in the same category that I was putting you in anymore. And it's just part of life too. So, um, yeah. That's my response to that one. Okay, and I screenshotted the other two. All right. Did you ever have to deal with Chris ever writing girls on social medias, even old friends? If so, how did you deal with it? Story. I saw my boyfriend had been messaging a girl from his past, not sure what kind of past they had, but the conversation is casual, but has been an everyday thing for about a month now. Too damn long. Like I said, it's been a casual, so nothing to worry about, but there's always a but. He's been reaching out to her on how he's feeling and dealing with things. I'm very bothered by it because he barely opens up to me the way he does with her. I know I need to be straightforward and ask him, but damn, I don't know why it's so hard for me to. Any tips? Okay. No, 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 no. Chris has not reached out or replied. Like if he replies to any girl in his DMs, it's like a thumbs up. And if he were to carry a conversation with another girl, yeah. I would be pissed. I'm sorry. Call that jealous or whatever. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you entertaining her? Why do you feel the need to carry on conversation with her? If she's a friend of ours, a mutual friend, great. But if she's just like, like you said, someone from his past that he's carrying a conversation with, no, honey, that's an absolute red flag. Like if, especially if he didn't bring it up to you, like if you knew nothing about this girl, like it wasn't like, they've been friends before you came along and now, you know, you knew about her. They've been good friends. Like, no, that's different. Like if he just out of random started messaging her back and forth, even though it's a day-to-day thing and casual, it's still conversating. Like you're still, why the need to conversate with her when she can come, when he could conversate with you, why share with her when he could just share with you like, or share with his guy friends. Like it just doesn't make sense. There's something sketchy definitely there. And if he doesn't want to stop that friendship that he doesn't need because it's it's new it's not like it's been there before then I'm not going to tell you what to do girl but it's definitely a red flag like I would definitely sit him down and have that conversation be like I don't feel comfortable you messaging with her you don't know her that long and it just seems like you know you share with her more than you share with me and that's just not okay how would you feel if I was messaging another guy every single day expressing how I feel instead of communicating with you the tables were turned. I'm not sure. I'm sure he wouldn't like it. So it would be a red flag for me for sure. All right. And last one. All right. So what would Jazzy do? My husband's cousin cheats on his girlfriend here and there pretty open around around it, around the guys. And I hear about it enough. His girlfriend is an old friend of mine who I don't really fuck with at all. I don't like a lot of things about her, but I know she doesn't deserve to be cheated on. And they just moved in together. Should anyone give her a heads up? This is always so hard, guys, because if you tell the girl that you're cheating, if you tell the girl that her significant other is cheating on her with him or whatever, if she doesn't do anything about it, you look like 
you try to ruin the relationship, right? But then you also look like a person who didn't want to tell her. It's just so hard because I've been in that situation before where, but I didn't do shit about it because I knew this person was going to leave that person. And because of the conversation that I've had with that person. So maybe like conversate with the girl. Like I had a girl who I would conversate with and I knew her boyfriend was cheating on her, not because he told me, but because of Chris, right? Because guys talk and stuff. And I would go out to dinner with her and she would tell me, hey, um, we would talk about certain things and I would ask her hard questions like, oh, like, do you do you go through your um, boyfriend's DM? She's like, no, 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 no. I don't go through his phone because I just don't, I don't want to see what's there. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to see what's there? Like, no, I just don't want to see what's there. I'm like, so you don't go through the, their phone ever? No, 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 I just don't. I'd, I'd rather turn a blind eye. So when I got that response, that to me was like, well, she obviously knows something's up. And if I open my mouth, I'm just going to get in drama that's not even needed for me. It's not my life. It's not my relationship. So that's why I'm saying like, if you are, if it, it would, if it was my close, close girlfriend, oh hell, I don't care. I don't care. I'd be in drama. I would tell her straight up like, hey, he's fucking cheating on you. Do what you want with it. But obviously there, there would be receipts. I wouldn't just tell her without not having receipts, right? You, you want to just make sure you have all, you want to make sure you have all the data in front of you and you know, show it to her. But if it's a girl that you're not, you don't really know, if you want to be a good person, talk to her, just kind of like have a conversation with her. Like, oh, how do you feel? How are things with you? And so-and-so do you feel like, do you go through their phone? Kind of like, you know, casually bring it in. And if she's like completely blindsided, then maybe if you're a good person, maybe tell her like, Hey, like just be aware because you don't even have to tell her her significant other's cheating on her. You could just be like, you know, the boys, they do like talk about cheating and shit. So just make sure that, you know, he's not doing anything skeezy. Cause I make sure I have my man down, you know, kind of like that you're aware of shit that you have your man down and kind of things like that. That way she could just kind of be like, shit you know what she's right and maybe she'll find out on her own right so that way you don't have to be the one that tells her but it all just depends on how she reacts like I said I had that conversation with that person when I realized she reacted the way she did I was like she obviously knows he's cheating she just doesn't want to deal with it turns a bad eye whatever it's not my issue anymore so but it's different if they were close friends guys if they're close friends who cares if you were in drama you tell you tell your girlfriend that man cheating I already told them I told all my guy friends, you cheat on them, fucking be knocking down your door because, I mean, it's just girl code, right? But, all right, guys, that is all for what would Jazzy do and what we struggle with. Um, I posted uh, this poll on my Instagram story, so I'll be doing different ones so that we can kind of have, like, girl talk here. Um, And what would Jazzy do? What would my input be on it? So, hope you guys uh, enjoyed this segment. If you're watching, hope you guys enjoyed me talking and you know, just being the only one here. Um, but yeah, guys, um, thank you guys so much for just the support. Don't forget that even if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to it on, um, the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube, you don't have to watch it. Just subscribe to it. That would mean so, so much to me. Don't forget to leave a review in the podcast section and five star it guys. We can continue to grow together. And yeah, guys, if there's anything specific that you guys want me to cover, talk about, always feel free to send me a DM. My Instagram is double underscore jazzy fit. I'm more than happy to help you guys as much as I can. So yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Wish me luck tomorrow as I travel to LA and I will see you guys next week. Bye.